0: AT&T Fiber, Live Like a Gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details.
1: Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke.
0: This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Greetings! I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that believes no day in history is a slow day. Today is October 8th, 2019. The day was October 8th, 1892. Russian poet Marina Svetayeva was born in Moscow. Svetayeva was a prolific writer and one of the most notable Russian language poets of the 20th century. On the Julian calendar, which Russia used at the time, Svetayeva's birthday was September 26th. Her mother, Maria Alexandrovna, was a concert pianist. Her father, Ivan Vladimirovich Svetaev, was a professor of art history at the University of Moscow. He later founded the Pushkin Museum of Fine Arts. Marina, her siblings, and her parents lived a comfortable life. They had servants and spent summers in a cottage in Tarusa, Russia. That said, her family wasn't perfect. There was tension in her mother and father's marriage, as they still had feelings for previous loves. And her mother wanted her to be a pianist, rather than pursuing poetry. After Marina's mother got tuberculosis in 1902, the family moved around Europe in search of warmer climates. They lived in Italy, Switzerland, France, Germany, and Crimea to help with her mother's health. But her mother died of tuberculosis in 1906 in Tarusa. Marina read a lot and learned several languages, and she studied literary history at the Sorbonne when she was a teenager. In 1910, she self-published her first collection of poems called Evening Album. Other poets and critics, like Maximilian Voloshin and Nikolay Gumilyov recognized her work, and soon she began to mingle with other artists. She married her husband, Sergei Yakovlevich Efron, in 1912, and they had three children together over the course of their relationship. Though she was devoted to her husband, she had affairs, including ones with poets Sofia Parnak and Osip Mandelstam. Marina's affairs and friendships inspired many of her poems. But a period of turbulence in Russia and in Marina's life was on the horizon. The Russian Revolution broke out in 1917, and her husband joined the Tsar's counter-revolutionary white army. She rejected the revolution, and many of her poems reflect her support of the anti-Bolshevik resistance. The Domain of the Swans, a poem about the Civil War, was one of the works she wrote during this time, though it wasn't published until decades later. Marina lost touch with her husband while he was in the army, and she stayed with her children in Moscow, where they lived in poverty. During the famine that took place while she was in Moscow, she put her two daughters in a state orphanage, hoping they would be better taken care of there. But her youngest died in the orphanage of malnutrition in 1920. In 1922, Marina and her daughter set out for Berlin to reunite with Sergei, who was in exile. They later moved to Prague and then in 1925 to Paris, a major center for Russian immigration. That same year, their son, Georgi, was born. Even though she lived in poverty, she continued to put out poetry, essays, and plays. Many Russian émigré writers in Paris criticized Marina for not being anti-Soviet enough. Though she did form connections with writers like Reiner Maria Rilke and Anna Teskova, she was isolated from those émigré circles and Russia. On top of that, her husband's politics shifted, He became homesick for Russia and developed Soviet sympathies. Eventually, he joined the NKVD, or the Soviet secret police. In 1939, Marina and her son returned to the Soviet Union to meet her husband and daughter, who had also gained Soviet sympathies. Marina struggled in Soviet Russia and found it hard to get work as a writer. Her husband and daughter were soon arrested on espionage charges. Her husband was shot and killed in 1941, and her daughter was sent to a labor camp. When the Nazis began bombing Moscow, Marina and her son were evacuated to Yelabuga, a remote town in the Tatar Soviet Socialist Republic where she had no money or support. She died by suicide in 1941. Marina Svetaila's work is remembered for being lyrical, direct, and experimental and having distinct rhythms. It's also noted for its portrayal of women's experiences during those turbulent years in Russian history. I'm Yves Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Have a hard time staying present as you mindlessly scroll through social media? Lucky for you, we're stuck in the past. At Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or if you would prefer to email us, you can send us a message at thisday at iHeartMedia.com. I hope you liked this show. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode.
1: For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.